Peace be to you. Henry the Cobbling of Evil. Let us begin with a question. Hi everyone and welcome to Curacy Catholic, the Evangelium podcast. Evangelium's mission is to light a fire to the hearts of Catholics in New Zealand by sharing our faith in a compelling manner. And that involves you, so if you want to see how you can get involved in Evangelium's mission, or help out by donating, head to our website at evangelium.co.nz and check us out. If you want to be the first to find out about our events, our podcasts, or um, our blogs, or whatever we're putting out there, uh, subscribe to the emailing list and join the Evangelium family. However, in this podcast, we're going to be picking the brains of Catholic enthusiasts to try and get to the bottom of how to live truly as a Catholic in contemporary times. My name is Dominic Malgerian, and in this episode, we have Chris Stefanik. How's it going, Chris? So good. It's good to be with you, man. That's good news. That's good news. And you, we're calling you from where in the world? I am in Denver, Colorado, where it's uh, sunny all the time, <laughs> and there's some great skiing. And there's a lot of good Catholics here. There's some really solid Catholic community here. It's amazing, actually. That's pretty cool. I mean, from New yeah. Zealand, it seems that um, American Catholics kind of do things like full on. And so when there's a community, there's really a community. And uh, when there's an event, there's like, you know, we see things on the internet, like focus conference and there's thousands of people there. Yeah. And so, yeah. No, we've had um, we've had at our, at our renewal events that we run through our ministry, Real Life Catholic. We've had about two hundred thousand people come over the course of five years, and probably half of them are not devout Catholics. Uh, so it, it's been, but it's been a parish by parish, you know. So you, there's not one big conference. That's not the way I per, per se do the ministry, but it's a, a lot more labor intensive. But we reached a lot of people who need need the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, but like anywhere on earth, you know, there's we're fighting cultural trends and our own. I mean, you know, as far as Catholic community goes, everybody gets stuck into their own ruts in life and gets busy doing their thing. It's like, do you, do you actually make time for this? So it's good to hear how someone across the world's idealizing what happens here to make sure we're actually intentional about it. So when you visit someday, you're not disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I do intend on visiting one day. I've, I've got family over in the States and um, yeah, yeah. my wife last night was but asking there's me. Also- Okay. Sorry. No, no. Some of the events here too are also so dang big because there's just more people here. That's so true. there's that's there's that, right? But it only took twelve people to change the entire world. So don't underestimate the importance of power. And I and I there was an audio glitch, and I, I'm sure I cut you off. I apologize. You're when you were visiting here now. Uh, yeah. My my wife last night was saying, if you could go to any state in America, where would you go? Just one, and you've got two weeks. And I was like, oh gosh, I I couldn't pick. Um, but Colorado came up, uh, because you've got like the, the mountains, you've got lakes, you've got all sorts of things going on there. And, That's uh, beautiful. yeah, but I, I don't know where I'd go to be honest. Um, I've got family all over. It's tough to pick, man. You got, uh, you, you, Hawaii is kind of a nice one too. Hawaii that one came up. Mind blowing. That came up. I'd say New Zealand is probably a lot like Colorado plus the ocean. So nice. Nice. Okay. Well. Then maybe I wouldn't go to Colorado because I already live in New Zealand. I know, man. <laughs> we got some higher mountains, you know, over two, almost three miles high. So that, that that's cool. Um, but hey, yeah, come someday, brother. Will do. Will do. Um, but enough about me. Uh, we're here to interview you. And uh, for those listening that might not know uh, who you are or what your story is like, I like to start by asking a question. Is like, how did you become a Catholic? Were you a cradle? Were you a convert? And like, then how did you... Yeah become a catholic speaker that's a pretty big deal yeah my my parents uh you know they're good catholics raised me with the faith but i i was not into it you know i I had a sense of god thanks to my parents but it didn't animate my life in fact i kind of had this impression that god came to make me boring he said i came so they might have life to the full i thought he came to take away my fun it gave me rules and regulations and so I wanted to be like the people I made my secular rock gods. And I, I had a, uh, a poster of Slash from Guns N' Roses with his hair covering his face, drinking Jack Daniels. So I thought that was cool. In seventh grade, I was drinking Jack Daniels after school. And uh, I remember one time I was at a friend's house. I was literally coloring. I had a crayon in one hand and a shot of Jack Daniels in the other. How old and was seventh grade? That was, oh, 13. Oh, okay. 14 maybe no 13 so I, I was not on a good path really quick i'm all in for whatever i'm doing but my my parents dragged me off to a retreat that i didn't want to be at so i love coerced religious experiences for kids right and what changed my life was not professional catholic speakers 
and uh, though they were great and it wasn't just the music and it was the people in the room there was a joy on their faces that ruined me and i i realized when i i remember this one guy in particular he was probably 60 he wasn't cool and he didn't look like slash but when i saw him i realized slash is dead inside and so am i mm. this guy has joy wow i want it deep pretty deep thing there <laughs> yeah gives me chills just thinking about it you know people underestimate their power as just everyday real life Catholics, you know, so my, uh, my whole approach to ministry, the name of our ministry, real life Catholic, is not about me. You know, it's, it's every everyday Catholics living faith in everyday life. So we're, we're here to share that love of Jesus and help others do the same. That's, that's what the mission has, has been that God put that fire in my heart as a kid. Mm-hmm. And that's all I ever wanted to do. I went straight into ministry. It's all I've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. For, for over 20 years. Yeah. Cause I think, um, well, that's kind of what we, you know, Try how to live like live a Catholic life in these contemporary times is is the question, and I feel like sometimes we rely too heavily on those uh, what what do you call them forced religious uh, events, um, <laughs> coerced religious experiences. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> sometimes we rely too heavily on those, and it's kind of like okay, we've had this great peak, and now it's a trough, and so we kind of need to at least have ebb yeah. the flow down a bit. Um, and I think that's a great thing about yeah. podcasting. Like your work at the the real life Catholic is really cool. Uh, yeah, and uh, there's yeah, lots it, of things we can tap into. Hey, that's it, man. I love. I mean, what you're doing is providing that everyday life support. I mean, a lot of people, it's easy to feel isolated, especially now. Oh my god, and alone in your faith or alone in general. And we want people to walk through life with. You know, it's it's becoming less and less about a professional, polished ministry. Uh, it's digitally and more and more about hey, let's let's uh as much as we can share life together in mm. Christ. And, and it, it brings a joy. I mean, even if it's not polished, it just, it brings a, a, a an attractive joy. The first Christians call themselves the living ones. I, I really have this crazy idea that what we have in Christ is still the best news ever. And nothing compares with it. Nothing, mm. nothing mm. remotely compares with, with the joy of the Lord when it's in the soul. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was listening to someone talking about like um, how, I think it was like the problem of evil or something. And when people talk about like, you know, where, where does Jesus come into this? It's like, oh, it's because Jesus is above this. So like if we focus on what's in mm. front of us, we will, we will get distracted. And But mm. what we're looking to is beyond that. And it kind of pulls you out of it a bit or at least pulls you along through it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it does. St. St. Paul, he wrote from prison while Nero was this president. I mean, like, so you might have problems in your government, but Nero really, really, really sucked. Yeah, yeah, you know, he liked to take Christians and cover them in tar and light them on fire and <laughs> impale them. So, okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty rough. Yeah. So, yeah. so from prison with Nero in charge, waiting to get his head chopped off, he writes, uh, "Set your mind on things above, not on things of earth." He wrote Ephesians. He wrote Philippians. He wrote Colossians. If you want to talk about the things in the Bible that ha- that burst with the most joy and positive energy and, and advice about how to have a good attitude, it's all the stuff Paul wrote from prison. So if you feel lonely and locked down and, and beat down uh, and, and discouraged by the state of the world, I mean, I'm not telling you to bury your head in the sand. You should look at the evils that are going on and, and engage the culture wars. But above all that, don't let them defeat your spirit. man. Mm. It's, it's, it's a great time to read Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians. Ephesians, Philippians and Colossians. Right, we'll have to, have to do uh, yeah. get people on those. Um, but yeah. I think, you know, and you, you're touching on like this um, experience of joy. And I think before we dive deep into that, because I really want to get into that, is the um, mm-hmm. is the topic of this, which is hearing God's voice, because I think that is the key to this joy. Mm. Um, it is. It's like it's like so. How, how what what is hearing God's voice? Have you heard God's voice before, and how did that look? You know, just many times in many ways, right? He he doesn't speak with audible words I can hear like from you right now, though he can. Though, uh, but he usually does not. And if you hear him speak audibly, you should get a spiritual director to make sure that that's actual, actually what's going on. Uh, but most of the time, the way he speaks is, is through the experience of daily life, uh, through other people, through through black and white, his word written in the Bible. And then, and then that voice through all those things pushes on your heart in ways that you know is him when you develop an interior life and quiet and prayer. Uh, just yesterday, I was at a, a meeting about priestly renewal in, in, uh, in my archdiocese. And we, we decided to spend 15 minutes in prayer and ask the Lord, where do you want this meeting to go? And I was tired and I was thinking like, come on, what, what's the strategic direction? I don't know. Nothing's going to come to me here. I thought I'd just go there and think. And all of a sudden, it just comes upon me. 
this one scripture of Jesus by the fire with Peter saying, do you love me? And, and the, uh, the thought that, wow, these priests need, need intimacy. They, a lot of times they feel moved around and homeless. They need, they need to feel intimacy, connection, home. I, I came out of, out of that prayer time. Another priest in the room had the same exact thought. The same exact scripture came to his mind. The same Jesus by the fire with Peter. Do you love me? And uh, I said, well, I guess that was the Lord. I, I think it's frequent that we think it's something moving in our imagination that comes from the outside and blasts us. But if, if we become receptive and have enough quiet time uh, in our in quiet space in our souls, because we're not obsessing on the passing news of the day, mm. we start to create space where God can speak. And he does. And it's exciting. Mm quiet uh, i'm uh, i'm not good with that uh, <laughs> so me I think neither there's one thing i've learned as a when i was a when i was a chaplain uh we used to i was really blessed by being able to do adoration every day for half an hour and mm. my challenge was to see how long i could go in silence mm. no book nothing just silence yeah. and without yeah. fail 15 minutes is my absolute maximum i would get to the 15 minute mark and i i knew it was 15 minutes because i'd be like I wonder how long I've been here. And then I look at my watch and without fail, it's quarters of 12. We started at 11.30. And I'm like, I, just, I know yeah, what time it yeah, is. It's 15 yeah. minutes. And that was a real yeah. blessing. It really was. Um, but how old are you? I am. How old am I? Uh, I'm 33 in October. <laughs> I have to write it on the back of my so hand. It's, you're right. it's bad for all of us. But when's, when's your birthday, by the way? Uh, October 21st. I'm, I'm 30th. It's a great time to be born. That's right. Um, no, there's uh, there's there's a total death of silence, and it's 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 bad for me. It's bad for you. You get down to Generation Z, and it's it's a it's a pandemic of noise. Yes, and it's driving them crazy. It's driving all of us kind of crazy, literally, to have an inability to be quiet. It's not just separating us from God; it's separating us from all of reality. Uh, in 2016, it was the first time that Generation Z entered college. That's the generation that was raised with a smartphone in their hands. Another way to label them is iGen. And there's a great book on this called iGen. And then the impact on, on mental health and emotional health. But they, there was the first era, year going to college, over half of them self-reported that they felt below average in mental health. And, and sometimes if someone has anxiety, depression, that's because of biological reasons. But when you talk about over 50%, Mm. Uh, wow. I, I know a counselor who worked in Columbine, which is a place we had a mass shooting in the United States about a half hour from me in the 90s, I believe it was. Mm. She said she was a counselor there. She's still counseling teens now. She said the anxiety now is far, far worse. And this is before the pandemic than counseling kids who were there during a school shooting that killed over 10 people, I think it was. Uh, it, we, we are lit. I mean, when you are addicted to scrolling, on your screen, when the noise of the of the internet breaks into your spirit constantly, it deprives you of silence. You can't hear God. You can't hear anything, mm. and you lose the ability to contemplate and be quiet. And it takes so much work for all of us, man. I'm I'm right with you, brother, to break out of the paradigm, because the people who are the forces that be behind the apps we use, they they've invested a billion dollars into keeping your eyeballs on that app, every yeah. single app you open. And there's only two industries that calls their customers users. It's people who, who are behind the internet and drug dealers. That's it. They're not here to make you happy. Their mission isn't to serve you. It's to serve you up. It's to get your attention and serve you up to marketing companies to make money. Uh, so the, the decline in happiness, there's a direct correlation between our internet use, our loss of silence in, interiorly, and the increase in unhappiness. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm long-winded, man. I talk too much. No, no. what I do. So, so just cut me off anytime. Well, people have come to this episode to listen to you, so um, they hear enough of me because I'm, I'm on a, every two weeks to listen to me. But um, awesome. have you got any any advice to enter into this silence? Because right now, uh, New Zealand, especially Auckland, is in the highest level of lockdown the country's got. And I think as a result of that, you know, the only thing we can do is um, go online because, you know, the... The government said, you know, don't even, you know, if you can avoid it, don't talk to your neighbors, you know, don't, don't go outside almost. And it's like, how do we, I mean, it just seems inhuman, but like, so how do we find that silence and that connection with God? Because I suppose on the bright side of this, I hear from time again, from around the world, people saying the benefits of this lockdown is I have time. I'm not commuting anymore. Yeah. 
I'm not, you know, part of the hustle anymore. And I have time so I can spend time with my family. I can finish that book I was writing. I can work on that project. And a thing that we can do uh, is pray. But when mm. we're in this chaos, um, and one thing that I'm realizing in myself is the, the chaos is all internal because everything around me is a lot more calm, but my brain is spinning um, because... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Lots of different yeah, things. Well, there's the feeling of... Yeah, it's the feeling of not being in control, mm. you know? Uh, it, it, we're, I mean, we're all in the same uh, storm here, but we're not all in the same boat, you know, and, th and there's a lot of, uh, when I, when there's a situation you just described, everybody's got a different place in that, uh, in that storm based on the boat they're in, you know? So there's, it, it is inhuman what you just described. Hmm. And, um, I'm just, if, if you're really, really alone right now, I'm just so sorry. If you're watching, the Lord is with you and, uh. I wish I could just get in a plane and go give you a hug, man. You know, because there's there's some people who are alone with their families, and you don't know what it's like when when you're alone and you don't have a family with you. Uh, one of my friends was um, taking care of his mom, and she died during our intense time of lockdown. And when they started to reopen up, he went to a, a drive-through, and his hand touched the hand of the person in the drive-through window. He said it felt like an electric shock through his body, and he realized he had not touched another human for six months. Um. I would much rather, much rather risk my physical health than, than to experience that. Mm. Mm. Um, and and caution, every every precaution has a cost, and society sometimes stops weighing the cost. So I, I I'm not speaking out against um, necessary precautions out of charity for others or for your own health. It's it's prudent. It's wise, but when you go beyond what's a reasonable precaution uh, to not measure the cost, to not ask what's this doing to people to not even ask. And then to regard it as, as right wing uh, activism, when you even ask questions like that, I mean, like I, I might sound like a crazy person to someone listening right now. How could he say this um, to, to even shut down that conversation before it begins? That uh, I tell you, man, I'm just, it, this is a hard time. And what you guys are going through there is, is some of the worst on earth. I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm just sorry. So how do you create, but, but I'd, I'd say this about that hard time in every hard time, the Lord is there. Right. Mm. And so, so we could think it's wrong. And it, and I, and I think it is to be that locked down, uh, to go for zero COVID cases. I mean, okay. What's the cost of that? But here you are, here you are. What's it, what are you, who are you going to be in the midst of this is the real question. I mean, St. Paul was experiencing a lockdown when he wrote Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Uh, when we had our first lockdown, I, mean, I, I, I related with St. Paul. I'm an extreme extrovert. It's almost a disability. <laughs> I made my entire life about live events. I was in front of a thousand people every single week. Uh, and it was maybe 2,000 different event, two events a week. I love interacting with people. Suddenly, I'm doing all my ministry looking at a, at a phone. Mm. And I'm, I'm able to see uh, you know, seven people who are, who are like my family right there. Yeah. That's it. And, uh, and I, and I started to say, you know, this time is going to pass. So the time that you're in right now, it might seem like it's never going to end. It is going to end. What's God calling you to be in this time? Because every time of suffering comes to pass, doesn't come to stay. And we don't get to redo it. You don't get to redo it. St. Paul's greatest heroism when he, was when he was a national, an international preacher, evangelist, extrovert, go-getter, full of energy, kicking butt in life, and boom, his lockdown came. And everything he wrote in Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, you could tell it's not just coming from being preachy, but coming from, okay, I'm going to get intentional about leaning into what makes me joyful right now. Mm. If I have to be quiet, I'm, I'm quiet with the Lord. If I'm, if I'm going to give, and, and it's okay to watch media right now, you know, but if you're going to obsess on it, you're going to start losing it, dude. Uh, you know, if I need to to exercise right now, I'm going to exercise. If I need to to praise God, I'm going to praise. All the stuff he said about praise, you know, rejoice always. I say it again, rejoice. That's why waiting to get his head chopped off. <laughs> you know, and and he didn't see himself in light of the suffering he was in. He saw himself in light of the kingdom. Uh, the beginning of Ephesians, right in the beginning, we have him saying, you know, praise be the God and Father of our Lord. Well, actually, first, let's rewind. He didn't say, I, Paul, a prisoner of Rome. He said, I, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. That's how he starts Ephesians. He labeled himself. He saw himself in light of the bigger reality, which is, which is the gospel. 
And then he, then he goes on, praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in, in, in Jesus Christ with every spiritual blessings in the, in the heavens. Uh, he chose us in him before the world began to be holy, to be blameless in his sight. He predestined us. Okay, I read this one or two times, right? To be his adopted, beloved sons and daughters. So in the first eight verses, we have a beloved, adopted, a predestined, uh, you know, a chosen apostle. I mean, no wonder he was in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he, he didn't define himself by in chains, defeated, conquered, uh, alone, isolated, hated, thrown out by the world. And, and this is our, our, our struggle right now. You know, when, when you experience um, a legitimate lockdown or when you experience it going to the point where it feels unjust, and uh, maybe it is. I will, history will judge all these things clearly. Mm. Whatever it is, though, it's irrelevant. Here you are. Mm. Mm. Who, who are you in where you are? Yeah, yeah. You know, we need to be intentional about, about silence, about gratitude, about friendship, just picking up the phone, about um, service. You know, thinking of what someone else needs more than you. If you're feeling like you're losing it right now, think of someone who you th might be losing it more. Call them. Yeah. About those things that make you joyful. Right. And get intentional about them. So it sounds like uh, joy is almost an essential aspect in hearing God's voice because you have to frame your day, frame your life mm -hmm. in a certain con in a certain like perspective, which makes it easier to then get into it. Because like. I mean, I could, you know, I'm sure many people can relate at the moment, like especially with the lockdown. Um, the first lockdown was was okay. It was like, okay, let's let's do this. But this is just the second time, and it's it's a bit defeating. And so, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I know this time round, I've got a second child. She's only nine months, not getting much sleep. So, the morning routine yeah. is varying, and so it's hard to frame the day as well as I did in, in the in the previous lockdown. And I know that I only share that because I'm sure other people are experiencing similar things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, other than looking in the mirror and saying, I'm an apostle, I'm adopted, I'm all these things, is there any other ways you can recommend like framing our day so that we can oh, yeah. start joyful and start listening? Yeah, you I mean, you, you first have to acknowledge that your, your joy doesn't depend on your circumstances. I mean, you have to renounce that lie. There's things about your circumstances that can cause trials that if you frame them right are not happening to you, but for you. Mm. Uh, and I know it gets tiring, man, as the trials keep going. It's like, really? Yeah. You know, but but it, it, we, we constantly live with this mindset that I'll be happy if or I'll be I'll believe in myself and be confident when. No, that's that's not kingdom thinking. I mean, God's, God says, uh, you'll, you'll be joyful now. You'll be confident now. You'll be happy now. You'll listen to me now. Uh, when not your circumstances change, but when you change. Jesus started his ministry by saying metanoia. And, and that's misinterpreted as repent. But that's not the word that's used in the Bible. Metanoia means change your mind. The kingdom of heaven is here. It's not a distant reality. You need to change your mind and your thinking now. And that joy of the Lord is not something you get when everything's right. It's something you need to enter the battle of life. There's a great scripture verse, uh, the joy of the Lord must be your strength. And that was spoken to God's people when their city was in ruins and they were being called to go back and rebuild it. And that, that was a call to war. They might have all died. And in that context, I mean, a total chaos. That was horrible. The joy of the Lord must be your strength. And the devil wants you to be weak. Hmm. He wants to tear your joy away because he wants God's people to, to go through the beatings that we're going through as a society right now and emerge weak joyless and without the strength that we need to build the kingdom. Um, I, I wrote, I, I want to, I don't know if you guys can get this in Australia, but we have a, I wrote a book called living joy. If you go to real life, I'm not New Zealand. I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just blew it right there. Man. <laughs> yeah. uh, so if you go to real life, there's a book called living joy. Um, gosh, I want to find out a way to get this to you guys. Maybe I'll get it in Charbel's hand and hands and we can yeah, get it to you guys. It's, 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 um, actually, no, Charbel does have it. Yeah, okay. to, I'm sure it's on Perusia Media. And there's nine rules for living joy in daily life. So one of those is, has to do with silence, which we started with. Uh, but it's it's been blessing and helping a lot of people in this really difficult time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like great. Sounds great. I mean, I, I remember I was doing uh, the consecration to St. Joseph um just before lockdown, it was really, it was a real blessing. Yeah. We got blessed by a priest, me and uh, a couple of guys from my fraternity, the day we went into lockdown. So we, we got it all finished just in time mm. for this uh, time of trial. But yeah, it's those things. Is like, again, 
having those programs or a book or something, I think a lot of people it look helps, down. Man. Yeah, lots of people look down on them because it's like, yeah, this isn't going to get you to heaven. This isn't the answer. But it's like, yeah, but it is a really helpful tool, you know. And I think yeah. as long as we oh, yeah. see them as those things, rather than not the answer, but the, you know, the hammer that bangs oh, yeah. in the nail kind of thing. No, it's it it all it all helps, man. It all mm. helps. I mean, and I and I wrote the stuff in that book. Um, I wrote that because it's it it's it came from it emerged from my suffering during COVID lockdown, and I realized like the joy that changed me, that brought me to the Lord in the first place, uh, that has often come naturally to me during hard times. You got to get intentional about doing those things that make you joyful. Mm. Um, so so that's that that really emerged from that. I also we have a, a I'm going to do a, I'm filming in, in a couple of weeks a video program about the stuff in the book. Uh, so if you sign up for our newsletter on reallifecatholic.com, mm -hmm. it's going to be released in Advent, and you'll get that. And I'm not trying to sell you something right now because it's a free program, so your money is no good here. There you so go. it's uh, but if you're signed up for a newsletter, you will be notified about getting getting that and signing up for that program. Mm. I really, but I, I hope it helps. Oh, yeah, I think I think it will do. I think um, something that I'm realizing myself is like, man, I just need something that's going to, you know, start my day right. Because at the moment, I don't have the energy to necessarily do Liturgy of the Hours or I don't have the ability to wake up at a certain time and get things done because uh, the kids will wake up yeah. whenever they want to wake up. But um, yeah. I do need something that I can just start the day with that will that I can be yeah. like, okay, this is what's going to frame my life. And I want to pick up on something you were just talking about. It's like a phrase that you said, it just really struck me. It's like... Um, change change my mind telling me to change my mind because i think often when they say like oh just change your mind it's like you're often thinking about like can i change right. your mind on what you want to eat today can i change your mind on what movie we're going to watch yeah. but changing your mind is an active decision and you're in complete control of it it's like no actually i feel like i feel like rubbish right now but i'm gonna i'm gonna try and be positive in this moment i'm gonna change mm -hmm. my mind to a, a positive uh, standpoint and i think i you know i heard someone saying that like developmentally like evolutionary mm. our minds are like where's the danger you know what what's going to kill me they're like what oh that's right yeah, yeah. where's the danger what's going to kill me they so look then danger. we're yeah. more we're more like more inclined to uh stress ourselves out be a catastrophic thinker that's right. like what's going to happen that's going to go wrong so i can prepare for it and so oh, yeah. we're lessing and i suppose it's the kind of um the oxymoron of um christianity it's like um, in order to live, we must die, you know, in order to, you know, re receive, we must give. Uh, and in order to, uh, in order to be positive, we need to, we don't, we don't need to prepare to make sure we're safe. We need to live oh, yeah. with abundance regardless of our situation. Um, could you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, man. The Lord's not calling us to be reckless. You know, wisdom should temper our, all of the decisions that we make, but, uh, on the flip side, I, I do think we're going to the other extreme where fear is treated like a virtue today, you know, and, and, it, and it is the mind's natural tendency to focus on what makes us afraid because the brain, like the spleen involved, to, evolved to keep us alive, not make us happy. Yeah. So the way your brain keeps you alive is by looking out for what might hurt you. That's why negative news is clickbait and a kid saved a puppy from a well is not clickbait. No, it's good news. It's a nice story, but a kid mugged a grandma. You're going to click on that to see what the kid looked like and where it happened to make sure that it doesn't happen to you or your grandma. Mm. You know, so our brains fix it in these things. And it really boils down to, I mean, it really comes from the fact that you're, you know, your great, 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 great grandpa caveman who was good at stopping and smelling the roses didn't live long enough to pass his DNA on to you. No, it was the, it was the guy, the, the grandpa who, uh, who was good at watching his back all the time. He lived yeah. long enough to make you and your ancestors. Yeah, yeah. So that that's the brain that that's and and forty thousand years later, I mean this is again with, with uh, did I freeze? Sorry, yeah, I yeah. froze for a second. But it, it you know with with like COVID news for instance, I mean it, it's a well known fact that for children, it, it's about as deadly as a common flu. Not not for all age groups certainly. I mean it, it's not just the common flu. I've had it and it's stunk. Right. But uh, for kids, but th there's a there could be a one in a million story of a kid dying of it, but it's a headline. And everybody's reading it and then everybody's presuming that this has to guide all my decision making mm. because of, that's the way that the brain evolved. It's natural. Fear is natural. But we're not called to live in the natural. Oh, yeah. The Lord wants us to live in the supernatural. And, and St. Paul shows us the way to do that, you know, to give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is this, to, to be a thankful person is not just about, you know, 
saying thank you a lot. It's about reformatting how your brain works. So if we're giving thanks literally in all circumstances as a spiritual practice, we start to think differently. Our minds start to look for different things. And, uh, and, and the difficult times, even, even if we're aware of the hardships that are real and the dangers that are real, uh, we become different in the midst of those hardships and dangers. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, I was thinking like, as you were talking about, like, you know, we, we have this whole COVID situation, which is uh, encouraging fear in us. But then alongside that, we, we, you know, in political realm, you kind of mentioned it, it was, we have this idea of like, uh, victimhood, and promoting victimhood. And part of promoting victimhood is kind of, yeah. okay, so how, how am I oppressed? Who's oppressing me? And that's just a very natural instinct, I suppose, in, you know, as a survival. But again, it, it seems to be encouraged in a bigger way at the moment. Um, enjoy... And we're victims of our own thinking, right? Yeah. We're victims of... St. Paul says, we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That's not how people go through life. Some people might be thinking, hear, hearing me talk about joy right now and thinking, well, that's not me. Mm. Well, who says it's not you? You say that's not you enough times, then, then that'll become what your life is. Yeah. Or, or they think, well, I can't, be, I can't be like that guy. I can't get there from here. It's just not my default. You know, stop thinking without thinking about what you're thinking. Stop feeling without thinking about what you're f- feeling. I mean, you're not, stop being a passive recipient to every thought in your head and every feeling that you have. Mm. I mean, God calls us to rise up and get in the driver's seat in these things and to direct our, our thinking and our feeling. And, 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 it, and it's all small incremental steps. You know, it, it's not, there's a joke. You can't get there from here, right? It's a joke because it's not true. You can get anywhere from anywhere else on earth, anywhere. Mm. And it's about being patient with yourself and taking those little steps today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think like often we can we can look at any uh, expanse to traverse, and that can be like physically, or it can be like uh, mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. and we can be completely overwhelmed by it. But you're right; you, you you can't get to Colorado from Auckland without first getting to the airport, and you can't get to the airport yeah. without first getting to the front door. Um, That's right. And so, like, I think, and one thing that you were saying there is like, you know don't be the passive recipient to every thought you have. I think becoming a parent has made me even more aware of that because as much as you do teach your children things like don't do that, do do this, what your ch- yeah. children learn is what you do. It's how you talk. So like if you know you That's want right, your yeah, child to have yeah. good manners, have good manners. If you, you want your child to think positively, think positively. And there's so many things in myself and I'm like, Man, I have to stop doing that. And the only reason I've noticed it is because my two-year-old does it. And I'm like, you shouldn't do that. Oh crap, I do that. <laughs> you know, it's like I need to stop. I need to start thinking uh, better, so then I don't have that in myself. So like, parenting's almost oh, yeah. self-improvement before you uh, improve the individual in front of you. Um, yeah, totally. But the salute, the antidote to all this um, fear and victimhood and everything we've been talking about is this joy. So before we go on, what is joy? Is it just happiness? Is it just good feelings? Because mm. to me, it seems more, but I really can't articulate it. Yeah. So there's, there's a, a surface level of feelings that someone could have and that you don't really have control over. Uh, there's circumstances that happen to you that cause those feelings sometimes. Or there's biological concoctions going on inside your head that, that lead to these feelings. And you, you, you do have some control over it, but not, not entire control over it, you know. Uh, joy is deeper than that. So there's the surface of the ocean, but you dive deeper, and a big wave could pass you right by. You're not going to feel it. You just go reach down and grab the sand if you're body surfing, you know. Mm. And uh, that, that's, the, that's spiritual joy. It's a disposition of the soul wherein you delight in the possession of some good. And that good is ultimately your relationship with God and the, and the love that he is. And that's what God created you for. I mean, heaven is described as a wedding banquet. That, that's what God's dream when he made the universe was to get you to a wedding banquet, which is a place where you rejoice in love forever. Mm-hmm. And we've all experienced this. We've experienced the concurrent uh, surface level chop in life on the waves and the deeper, the deeper spiritual movements and dispositions and feelings, if we can call it that. Uh, a funeral is a good example. You're immersed in grief. It's healthy. It's healthy for you to be sad at a funeral. Uh, But at the same time, you're sitting at a Catholic funeral at a mass because you have hope. So at the same time, you have grief and hope. Mm. 
there's these different layers of, of, of human experience. And the spiritual layer is, is no less real. In fact, it's more real. And, and living in the joy of the Lord is not being in denial. Of, or, and, and it's okay. Like if someone's like, well, I'm not holy because I'm, I'm stressing out right now because of the lockdown and I have a nine-month-old kid. Dude, that's totally fine. That's normal. It's human. But are you going to that deeper level too? Are you developing that, that deeper joy that can sustain you through the surface level waves that you're experiencing right now? Yeah. So uh, how do we tap into that joy? I mean, obviously, it's a supernatural thing. So we can't just go, you know, get it from uh, the local supermarket or find it online. But so like, is it something that's within us or? Yeah, you but you can do things to open yourself up to it. I mean, it's ultimately from the presence of God. Joy is a sign of the is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, Mm. you know, but there's there's things you could do to open yourself up to joy, Uh, certain ways to follow God that uh that are all over the place in sacred scripture that's what that's what i uh that's what I, i'm not trying to be a salesman for the book but that is that is what i wrote that about it was a reflection on this this is god has boiled down to some simple things i can do so giving thanks creating silent space um investing your time in your friendships uh exercising because you, you got to engage your body in the battle for joy because got your body soul composite and that whole theology of the body mm-hmm. thing is not just about intimacy between husband and wife it's about exercise too and eating healthy i mean these things make us happier um turning aside yourself and serving others i mean th- these are all simple things and then and then there's the whole christian life that how are you seeing your circumstances are, are you framing your circumstances with the through the lens of faith or through the lens of life stinks you know uh, and and all the stuff you do as a Catholic, all the prayers and devotions help you do that. Help you remember that framing for I'm I'm in this current situation, but I'm a ch- I'm here as a child of God, not mm-hmm. as one defeated, you know. But these these are all simple things that that I um, as a person who was converted by joy got very passionate about during COVID because I, I realized my joy is what brings others to the Lord, just as I was brought to the, to the Lord through someone else's joy. And, and it gets me passionate about preaching this kind of message, uh, not just because I want people to enjoy their day more, but because this world needs people who are joyful mm. so badly. Uh, teenage me is walking around right now and needs to see your hope and your joy. Yeah, And, and you need to stop underestimating how powerful you are as an everyday real life Catholic, just by being a joyful yeah. you. So like, what I'm getting is joy isn't necessarily uh, a way. Well, it is. It is a way you act, but that's that's the last thing. the The first thing mm. is how you choose to live. So it's like it's mm. the prayer, it's the the exercise, it's the the eating healthy, so that you're stronger. So then, when you are hit mm. by a wave of life, you can pass through it. And then, so that's what right. people see is they see you getting hit by a wave and you're not being knocked down and like, well, that guy's happy. Yeah. And like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I wasn't doing it with a smile on my face. I wasn't singing. I wasn't, you know, yeah. bouncing off the walls. I mean, I, I usually am, but that's just, that's just me. Right. 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 But I, I think for people like, um, I've got lots of friends that are like, you know, the, the, the introverted, which compared to me, it seems that like, you know, they're, you know, crippled. Because I I can't not talk oh, to yeah. people and they can't talk to people. It's yeah. like so how, and they they don't they don't necessarily want to be seen in public. So how can they then be a witness of joy? But like obviously they're going to be in public. So it's like oh no, yeah, I have but, to be joyful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to do these things and yeah. I have to go and talk to people and I have to do this. And it sounds like it sounds draining for someone like that. Yeah, you know when I say be joyful, when we talk about Christian joy. We're not talking about becoming a loud extroverted American. That's not what that is. <laughs> so don't be afraid. I'm one of those, uh, but that's not how it expresses through everyone. You know, and, and it's not a phony, put on a fake smile of joy. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, it's really, it's the joy and hope you can have at a funeral. It's the joy and hope you can have as an introvert. Joy and hope you can have as someone who likes to be quiet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But when someone gets near someone who has authentic spiritual joy, you know it. Mm. I, I, dare, I dare say, you know it, especially if the person is suffering or is quiet yeah 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 and then you pick up on whoa what's this deep undercurrent that i don't see in most people right so we were talking about that deep undercurrent of joy and it reminded me of a couple of experiences that i've had in my life um where um one one was when i was at university in in wales and i was at a house party and it was one of the weirdest experiences i've had because we were in this dark room there's very loud music 
it was like kind of some drum and bass kind of stuff. And there's me and my friend, and we just we just there's no chairs, there's no furniture in this room. It was just dark and loud music. So we thought, okay, we'll just sit on the floor. And we started talking about lunch because it's one of our favorite topics. And then this guy, who he had like mountains of hair tattoos all over his body and he was wearing like skinny jeans and also he was a very strange looking man bounded towards us and started talking and uh, he's like oh so what 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 are you studying I'm like oh, i was studying religious um religious studies like, oh, are you guys christian and he and we said yeah 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 we're both you know both christians like, you know i thought so because you know there was just something about you guys you know you just seem happy and i was like oh wow yeah and i was like oh we, we were just talking about lunch we weren't like praying we weren't you know, jumping up and down, we just sat down in the middle of a dark room with loud music and talking about lunch, and this guy could sense that joy. And uh, more of a um, recent experience is like my my current degree. <laughs> Sorry, my two year old shouting. Um, <laughs> uh, my recent, my current degree. I'm studying to become become a nurse at the moment, and um, you know, I'm just plowing on, and I just feel like you know, I'm failing every moment was like to be this joyous person because it's quite stressful especially in, in a lockdown situation then every so often one of the students will just be, will turn to me and be like you know what if i'm having a hard day i just look at you don because you're you're going through all this stuff and you're having kids you know and you're doing this and i'm like oh okay i didn't even realize you know i'm i'm just doing it um but like again i don't i don't feel like i'm being a particularly joyful person i'm just i'm just doing my best you know to keep, keep right ahead of right the right man yeah that's all i mean that's that's what you got to do yeah you know it, it's it's not it's not about perfection and it's not about faking a smile mm. it, the joy of the lord is something way deeper than that and people know it and and for all the ways that the world tries to uh write christianity off or pretend that we're uh you know uh, just a remnant of a colonial uh, imperialist past and uh, mm. I, could, I could be on another time and talk about wokeism for an hour and the flaws of it and how really dumb it is. I mean, it's really the worst idea ever and it's just destructive and it's doing no good for anybody, mm. you know, but the um, uh, but for all the attempts of the world to, to diminish us and write us off like that, people can't seem to deny the joy of the Lord when they encounter it because they want it. I mean, this this era, this godless era is, is joyless. It really is. Yes, it's it's um well because and that's the thing is like when you experience atheists, they don't want you to be yeah. religious. They just don't want you to be anything. It's like they're not offering an alternative. Yeah. They're offering yeah. the alternative is totally. nothing. And bro, this is why, this is why secular self help that leaves God out of out of the picture is it doesn't work. It is not working. I mean, there's some principles we could draw from it that are positive and good, uh, that are really great, actually. But when, but when you leave God out of the equation, brother, we have never told young people to believe in themselves more frequently than we do now. We have never told them that they're special we've, more than we do now. We've never told people to spread positivity more than we do now. And people have never been more miserable. Why is that? Because we're telling them all these things in the context of a secular worldview scrubbed of reference to God. Yeah. And what does that leave people with? Uh, the, an atheist worldview, whether you like it or not, is essentially an admission that I am nothing more than a, a lump of self-aware molecules destined to become nothing. But believe in yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, every, in the words of uh, Bertrand Russell, who's a famous atheist, he said, uh, everything mankind ever accomplishes will ultimately be buried beneath the debris of a universe in ruins. But you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, gee, why are these kids not happy? Yeah. You know, I, I'm sorry. Like the, the the stuff we've been talking about about positivity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About being grateful, about serving others, about all this stuff. We don't just say these as empty words. We actually have a worldview that supports the speaking of those words. A, a worldview that says compelling reasons for why you should be yeah. grateful, why you should be hopeful, yeah. why. And at the end of the day, uh, atheists don't have an answer to the fundamental big why. Mm. Why anything? Why anything? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're so more focused on how and what, and then they're, they're finished. Yeah, because yeah. it's practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's very dark. It's a dark worldview, man. 
Yeah, and it's very limiting. It you know you you don't have to move any further than the position you're currently in. It's like I know what that is. I know how it works. That's all I need to know. It's like, but why does it work? It's like, who cares? It's like, well, if you look, then you'll find out so much more. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like you know I I follow a lot of uh, Scott Hahn, and he looks at the Bible like typologically. And so when you read the Old Testament, if you're just like saying what, like who and how, it's like okay, this is just a historical document. Well, if you say why, it's like because it was the foreshadowing of everything you see in the gospel. And here's the link. And all of a sudden, everything opens up. Oh, to yeah. You. And it's so beautiful. Oh, and yeah. Amazing. It is. It, it, it unlocks life, not just the Bible, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The, the, faith, the faith shows us who we are. The faith shows us what life's about. Mm. 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 Um, we're going on quite a bit. And uh, so I've got a few questions from a few people that um, want to they they wanted to ask you so from my friend um matt he wanted to ask how do you know uh, this is in relation to uh, hearing god's voice how do you know you are not just giving yourself advice when you are praying you know it's funny the, the uh people uh people think if you talk to god that's normal but if you listen to god you're crazy <laughs> you're talking to yourself and misinterpreting mis- uh, all that as god um, you know, they, I, I asked, a, I asked my Bishop this recently, he's a deeply prayerful man. And I, I hate, I hate to oversimplify this, but you just know, I mean, when, when a thought comes from nowhere, I, I'm sitting in a meeting yesterday, I'm tired. I was kind of frustrated and I'm thinking, okay, what do we do? What, what agenda do we put together? And all of a sudden, boom, here's a scripture. Mm. And I'm deeply, I'm drawn into the meditation of the scripture. That didn't come from my mind. My mind, that wasn't the headset I was in, mindset I was mm. in at all. And then someone has the same exact thing. You know, um, it, it's that when I'm near my wife, I know her so well, I love her. And she can just gesture slightly in some way. I know what she's saying. Mm. And, and that's how it is with God. But if you don't hit, live a life of prayer, you don't, you don't get that. You don't. Yeah, yeah. There's no fake in that. Uh, I think it's Teresa of Avila. God, God spoke to her in overt ways, but she never presumed. She never presumed God was going to do that. So she'd always go into prayer with spiritual reading, never thinking God's going to appear to me in a vision every time. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but in doing that, she put herself in the disposition to listen to God. Mm. So it, that's a great question, man. It's much like it's much like that uh, the concept of living in joy. It's not a set of practices that you do it's a way of life that you live and that change your mind saying i'm going to live this way and then from that you are able to discern god's voice better i guess yeah totally got a couple of questions here from cynthia uh how do you gather enough strength to abandon what you want for yourself and accept that it might not be what god has planned for you wow cynthia Mm. Mm. (laughs) You know, I'd, I'd love to ask more, like, what are you going through specifically right now, Cynthia? Um, but if you, if you could text it in, go for it, you know. Well, she's, I she's think got, sometimes we... She's got more here that says, uh, sometimes our hearts say one thing and our brain says another. Do you think by any chance yeah. that what our heart desires would be what God wants for us, which he placed into our hearts? Or do you think that they are three, uh, three things mutually exclusive? What your mind wants, what your yeah. heart wants, and ultimately what God wants. Well, St. Augustine said, love God and do what you want, right? And when you love God, there isn't mental components, not just an emotional experience. So you, you love, I love my wife, so I'm learning about her. I, I learn who she is, right? I love God, so I engage my brain. Mm. I learn his word. I learn the church's teachings. So that, that gives me the, the parameters wh- wherein I, I follow the will of God. So if, if I'm, I'm reading the Bible and following the Lord, and I feel like, well, my heart's telling me to cheat on my wife. Uh, maybe God wants that because follow your heart and God's saying, no, no, it's pretty clear on that one. Don't <laughs> yeah. even let your heart explore that option, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so when we love God truly, we start to want what he wants. And if it's within those parameters of church teaching, of the word of God, of, of natural law, of, of what we know to be good, if it's within those parameters, your heavenly father is is not playing games with you. He loves you. He's got your back. He's patting you in the back. Go for it. And and what what's presenting itself through your own desire and through the opportunities that are in your life is probably what he's saying to do. Mm. I mean, some I've talked to some young people who are like, you know, gosh, I'm terrified about the idea that God might want me to be a religious sister. 
it just grosses me out. So I say uh, that that probably is a sure sign that he's not calling you to be a religious sister, unless your heart eventually starts to be moved by some attraction. No, you're you're you could have a struggle interiorly, but that's with well, I don't want to do it because I like my stuff. Okay, that's that's the Lord saying, okay, keep growing with me and let the desire grow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But apart from that desire, he's he's just planning your soul. And I even think of the early Christians, like, did they want to die as martyrs? Most of the time, not. Right. You know, so they, they when it comes to down to doing something that you really don't want to do for the Lord, mm. uh, he, he often forces that. We're all going to eventually have to die and offer that up to Jesus, mm. <laughs> you know. But yeah. they generally try to live their lives and steer clear of trouble with Rome. And when it happened, I was like, okay, Lord, this is your will. I'm here. I am. I accept. Yeah, yeah. I think because also uh, in my own experience, I guess it kind of relates to this in a bit, is um, with um, when you have those big, you talked about being a martyr, no one says, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go die in a, in a torturous cage for, for Jesus. Uh, nobody wants that. But I feel at the yeah. same time, when it gets to that point, it's the, it's the easiest choice to make. When I moved to New Zealand, um, yeah. I didn't. Well, first off, I didn't know New Zealand existed. Uh, I didn't know it was a country. I maybe heard about it once, and then yeah. you know, moving, but moving to the other side of the world where I didn't have any friends or family other than you know my now wife, it it didn't make sense. But to me, mm-hmm. it was the easiest thing because God had prepared me up until that point from a situation yeah. where I never really traveled much from my house to going to university, which was in a different like country, almost like Wales, um, to them being then moving to London and then doing a lot of travel is like, when it came to moving to the other side of the world, I was like, I'm, I'm so used to traveling right now. Moving to New Zealand is just the next uh, logical step. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah so he, he moves through the experience of life. Here, my wife just popped in. I got to go in a couple of minutes, but uh, yeah. I'd like you to say hi to her real quick. And she oh, she yeah? can't uh, she can't hear you because I have my earbuds in. But this is my friend from New Zealand, and I'm hey. a, I'm on a podcast over there. Oh, that's so awesome! It's See, nice everybody here thinks New Zealand is the coolest because we've oh all watched God. Lord of the Rings. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Someday great to we'll meet. be on a mission trip there. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring you out. Bring you and your wife. Uh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, there's there's lots more questions, but what we'll do is we'll get you back on to talk about wokeism, and we'll fly you out to the country one day, and people can ask you those questions in person. But uh, I love that. And you know, next time, I'm sorry I talked too much. Next time, we'll allow more time for questions, and we'll just uh, I could do a whole time where we we'll just do questions. That'd be fun. Okay, yeah, question answer with Chris Stefanik. That'd be cool. Um, I'm down. Right. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for joining us on the podcast. And uh, thank everybody else out there for listening. If you have uh, any more questions for Chris, maybe email them to us and we'll get them. Uh, we'll get that question and answer sorted out. But thank you for listening. And again, if you want to get involved with the Evangelion mission, check us out on our website, evangelion.co.nz. Uh, like, share, and subscribe this podcast and give us five-star ratings, only five-star ratings on all podcast apps, because then it gets our message out there. It helps people to uh, hear the good words of Chris Stefanik and everyone else that we interview so thank you very much for listening stay curious stay catholic and god bless